Earlier this year, I visited my grandfather's bench in Litchfield Cemetery with my mom. We like to go once in a while to check in with my grandfather, who we called Coach. During the visit, I reminded my mom of a phrase Coach used to say that I really liked. He had two big ones, actually. One being, organization is happiness, or OIH. And the other being, if it is to be, it is up to me. The first one I find pretty hard to follow as I'm a bit disorganized, something I'm sure a couple of you have noticed by now. However, the second one I've found has really stuck with me. If it is to be, it is up to me. 10 two-letter words. Essentially, the phrase means reaping and sowing your acts and your destiny to put it into camp terms. So I reminded my mom of, this of his phrase. I said, Mom, I think it would be awesome to have, if it is to be, it is up to me, tattooed right here on my forearm. It could be a great reminder. My mom, giving me a horrified look, said, maybe we should rethink that. Whether or not I get this tattoo is irrelevant today. Instead, I want to focus on the phrase itself through a couple stories. The first one takes place here at camp. Picture a young 13-year-old Buckley, which shouldn't be too hard because I haven't grown a lot since then. This summer, I was on Kilkenny with many of my close friends. It was awesome. We hiked, laughed, and struggled together. However, what was specifically awesome was using the lighter. Like many of you, I'm sure, I thought the lighter was awesome. Using it to create massive fires at the campsites or cooking dinner was all very cool to me. At home, all I had were boring old matches. This device was just something else. One night after cooking, a counselor told me to hang on to the lighter until the next meal as we'd already packed up and we were heading out. Needless to say, I put the lighter in my bag and totally forgot about it. When we got back to camp, I was unpacking and found it once again. Here it was, right in my hand, at my bunk, all mine if I wanted it. And I did, and I took it. As the summer went by, I had it in my bag. And come the last day, it rode home in my car with me all the way home. I got home, and wow, I had a lighter. So I did what any 13-year-old would and used it to light the candles in my house for dinner, maybe a handful of times. After a week or so with it, I realized, one, what did I ever expect to do with this thing? And two, I realized a feeling in my stomach. I believe it's called guilt. How could I go back to camp and say I embraced all of our values, all of our teachings, when I had done something so clearly against all of them? Namely, if it's not yours, don't touch it, and definitely don't steal it. So here I was, having a moral dilemma. I need to give it back. I can't keep it. What is the right thing to do? At this moment, I thought about my grandfather's phrase seriously for the first time. If it is to be, it's up to me. If I wanted the guilt gone, if I wanted to be a good person, if I was to show my face at camp, I had to give it back. It was up to me.
So the following summer I came back, and the lighter did too. I went to the trip room and returned it. I put it back, and it felt like a weight was lifted from my shoulders. I wanted to be a good person, and by doing this, I felt I had regained that. I had the ability to do the right things, to make up for what I had done, and it felt good giving it back. My second story is one that has bettered my life to this day. When I was eight, my parents sat me down and asked me a question. Do you want a brother? Once again, as with every question you're asked, you have a choice of how to respond. A brother. Hmm, I thought. Without much more thought, besides that sounding pretty awesome, I said yes. Yes, I do want a brother. This choice brought along a series of events and actions that changed my life. Time passed, and soon a baby was adopted into my house. His name is Nick. I suspect a couple of you may know him. I had a new responsibility. This thing was now my family. And by saying yes, I now had a little brother and a lifelong best friend. I sometimes envy how seven-year-old me could have been so smart. How could he have decided something so easily? And how was he able to bring one of the most important things into my life with just one three-letter word? Yes. A life-changing decision decided in an instant. Oh, to be a little kid. Decisions seem so easy. However, thinking about it now, it's apparent that some decisions should be easy, even if they seem hard. Most of the time, deep down, we know what we want, and we know what to do. The hard part is when it comes to doing it. There will always be doubts in anything you do. There is a lot of pressure, after all, in deciding the outcome of something all by yourself. What if I'm wrong? If I make the wrong choice? If I can't do it? What if it's too late? It is simply easier to say no, to put it off, to let someone else decide for us. It's easier to let things sit and stay the same. But nothing worthwhile comes from this, nothing. Dread it, run from it, destiny arrives all the same, as Thanos once said. So why would we not want a hand in what our destiny means? We all should. This past semester in school, I wrote a paper about fate versus free will. I was curious about the concept of fate. If we have a fate, does any given choice we make really matter? Won't it all just lead to the same spot eventually? At the end of my project, I came across an article by Krishna Savani about the concept of negotiating with fate. That as humans, we can believe in fate, but it does not mean our decisions are meaningless. Instead, each decision we make is a negotiation with fate. As we pass through life, we negotiate where it will take us. And by the end of our lives, it is all these little negotiations and decisions that define how we have lived and give us our fate. So to circle back, if it is to be, it is up to me means saying yes. It means trying something new. It means making the right choice, or at least the choice you know deep down is the one you want to make. 
There are a million choices we can make at a summer at camp. Whether there's an activity you haven't tried, a friend you want to make, a long walk you're scared to do, or a person you have to apologize to, the choice is in your hands. Just say yes. Saying yes to trying, uh, say yes to trying and make the decision you know is right. Of course, there are many things to say no to. As Mr. Michael described in his chapel talk, there are situations where saying no and stopping something from happening is definitely the right decision. Of course, those are also up to each of you. But to the good opportunities and chances we get, I say this, there is no time like the present to shape your fate. It is up to you and only you. So please remember with anything you're torn over in these last weeks, nothing is final. You decide how far you go and where you will head. Even the smallest choices have a more profound outcome than you think. My brother is an example of how wonderfully a choice can turn out. If it is to be, it is up to you. And mom, if you're listening, we'll see about that tattoo. Thank you.